Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. I am. I'd like to start by reading a tweet about the Emmys that really hit for me. It was from Ian Carmel and he said, I know we're supposed to hate everything, but I feel like this has been a really fun broadcast made by people who love TV for people who love TV. And I just really felt that because I feel that recently I go into award shows, not necessarily expecting to dislike them, but I'm not as enthused as I used to be. I think there's a little bit of award show fatigue, at least for me. And last night, I was really thoroughly enjoying myself, and I was so happy to see other people sharing that sentiment. The way I feel about it is I just fucking love television. Like, If you were to ask me what's my favorite thing in the entire world, I would probably say to you TV. And I just felt like last night paid such a beautiful tribute to like the television that we are all currently watching and the past TV shows that we love so much. Right. And specifically when you're comparing the Emmys to an award show like the Oscars, which of course technically is more prestigious, I just feel like I have more stake in the game because I actually know what they're talking about. Whereas the Oscars, yeah, I enjoy the formality of it. I love the red carpet. I love that it is entertainment's most important night, but I have no fucking idea what they're talking about most of the time. Whereas this, I get it. Well, I feel like one of the things with the Oscars, which is why I don't feel the same way about them that I used to, is like, Watching Oscar movies has become a task. And I feel like that's not just a me and you thing and our attention span. I feel like that is a sentiment that I get from a lot of people where they're like, okay, I have to sit down and I have to watch this Oscar movie leading up to the Oscars. Like I have to get myself through the list to be able to know what the discussions are for the Oscars leading up to them and also who I care about winning. And I'm just not down with that. Like I do not want to have to force myself to watch something to be able to be part of the conversation. I want to naturally just enjoy what I'm watching and feel a pull to watch it because it's content that I enjoy with actors that I enjoy on topics that I enjoy. Like, I don't want to feel like it's this task that I'm doing. Right. Like, first of all, you're giving me homework and then making me complete it before I can talk about the thing 
that we're talking about. Like that is just antithetical to (laughs) the entire way I live my life. I want to have zero homework and only talk about the things that I'm naturally drawn to. And also like, I don't want to watch a boring movie. But even forget about boring, because of course that goes without saying, just more generally, we don't have it in us for two and a half, three and a half hours consecutively. No, no. Movies have gotten way too long. Who who has time for this? I would love to see Oppenheimer. I am disappointed in myself that I have it. But do you think that I have three hours? I actually don't even feel comfortable fully admitting the extent of the lack of our attention span, because I know it's something you and I have spoken about more recently in terms of feeling like, or not feeling like, more so wondering, is it something to be concerned about? Which I think the short answer is yes, while at the same time, so many people we talk to feel the exact same way. So I guess both things can be true. It can be slightly concerning and then also be a feeling shared by many others. Mine is more than concerning and mine is significantly worse than yours. I can't even sometimes make it through a two minute video. Like I, we like can't even talk about how bad mine is, but there are things that are able to fully capture my attention and I am sitting addicted. Daisy Jones in the sixth this year, I could not look away from my television. Succession, couldn't look away from my television. The Bear, all of these TV shows, I just felt so drawn to and so hooked on that while I was watching them, I didn't feel that feeling of like, oh my God, I am so concerned about my attention span. Maybe that's why the Emmys are so great. Like that is exactly what the award show is. Like these are the things that held my attention this year, which is a higher prestige and honor than I can give any other category. (laughs) Right. It's like that and multiple movies I've watched on TikTok in various parts. I mean, and then also you have a category in the Emmys where something that is 30 minutes long can be nominated. You're telling me I can watch Abbott Elementary, have the best fucking time of my life, enjoy it in like a quick 30 minutes and it's an Emmy award winning show. I'm sorry. It does not get better than that. No, I don't see, feel that more is- seen than that. That's exactly what I was about to say. That is speaking our language. That feels personal. It's like, this is exactly what should be acknowledged. And we are done with feeling this pressure to, you know, only be taken seriously if it's two and a half plus hours. I'm sorry. That just doesn't work for me. I don't need to be taken seriously. I've said this before and I'll say it again. My sweet spot for a movie is a movie that got a 32 to 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, that is what I enjoy. That is what I like. I don't need to try to be something that I'm not. I know what I, I know the type of content that I want to consume. And so like, where's my award show for that? Where's my award show for being like a basic bitch that loves bad movies? Yes, Julie. Yes. Put that on a fucking t-shirt. I was about to say, put that, put that on our grave. But as, yeah, as we discussed last week, we, we are, yeah, we ran out of space a long time ago. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. 
And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, so you guys know by now the way we approach award shows. By no means are they these extensive recaps. If you're looking for that, you're not coming here. We do a little red carpet, a little viral moments, a couple of other things, and then we move on. In terms of the red carpet, I have to tell you, not to approach this negatively, but I remember when we were talking about the Golden Globes last week, I said to you, on the whole, I would say I was rather unimpressed. And I kind of feel that same way about the Emmys. It's like, on the whole, everyone looked good. I don't think anything was offensive necessarily, but my breath wasn't taken away repeatedly. No, my breath was taken away by Camilla Marone and Suki Waterhouse, first and foremost. Like, Not only were those top two of the night, those were like two of my favorite red carpet looks in a while. Honestly, I just love a red dress because when it works, it really works. And I feel like so many people were in red. And even this weekend, I was at a wedding and there were so many people in red. I feel like, I don't know, early prediction, this could be the year of red. Okay, style caster. (laughs) Okay, trend forecaster. Don't I always say that to you though, that if you can make a red dress work, you should probably do so? I completely agree with you. I personally like aspire to wear just like a gorgeous, sexy red dress. I just know I will never deviate from black. But if I was willing to step outside of my comfort zone for one single event, I probably would ideally want to wear red. I just don't see it happening. I'm surprised you don't more though. Well, as you know this, the reason I have my red nails is because my mom only wore red nails. And I just admired that so much and thought it was so sexy and feminine. And since I was a little girl, I just appreciated that. And so now partially because I feel like it's, you know, honoring her legacy, but I also just fucking love it. I can't see you graduating to a red lip though, ever. Yeah. I don't think it's in the cards for me. I would try it once just to see. I just don't necessarily feel that it would fit me, but I told you this, you know, I feel like most people that I know on their wedding day, they do a light pink, a ballet slippers, maybe even a French. I 100% am showing up to that huppa with red nails. I would be so thrown off if you didn't. If if I ever saw you without red nails, I would feel like you were trying to send me some sort of like SOS message. Right? It's it's that significant, no? I mean, uh, yeah, but not just for me. Like, I feel like people don't, actually, I was going to say, I feel like people don't understand the extent to which people identify you by your red nails, but they do. Like people reply to our stories being like, oh, those are Emma's nails. People will DM us and ask what color you wear. Like it is, it, it has become the most identifiable thing about you to people who do not know what you look like. That is so crazy. Well, that makes me feel like I'm doing my mom justice. And for anyone curious, it is OPI in the color Red Hot Rio. And I stand by that. And I've always said that. (laughs) And I've always said that. Okay. So yes, Camilla Marone, Suki Waterhouse. I thought Niecy Nash looked fucking gorgeous. I thought Zuri Hall looked fucking gorgeous. I loved Ellen Pompeo and that Monique Lulier. I thought Heather McMahon was killing it, killing it on that red carpet. And she, you could tell that she felt so comfortable in what she was wearing. And I feel like, I mean, listen, she would have done an incredible job no matter what, because she's just so 
personable and is such an amazing choice for a red carpet host, but specifically because you could tell she felt so good in what she was wearing. I felt like it made her excel even more at her job. When you feel good in what you're wearing, it is like an all-encompassing thing. And you can see it with other people too. And, you know, when you're walking the red carpet, obviously everybody has varying degrees of how they feel about someone's dress, how they feel about somebody's look. But you can always tell when somebody feels a certain type of way about what they're wearing. So like I could look at somebody and be like, I don't love this on you, but I can tell you love it. And it's bringing a certain energy where like, I can understand why you made this decision. I can understand why you chose this dress. And sometimes you look at somebody, you're like, you do not look, feel, or seem comfortable in any way, shape, or form. Like, this is not what I would have picked for you, not because it doesn't have the potential to look good, but because I can see how uncomfortable you yourself feel in it. Yeah, because comfort and confidence are so closely linked. And so when someone feels comfortable, they then feel confident and then they exude that confidence. And you as the recipient really pick up on that. So it's it's so true. It's oftentimes it's like, doesn't even matter if I love what the person is wearing, but if they love it and they fucking own it, that automatically brings them up a few notches. A million percent. Can we just go back to one thing about Camilla Marone for a second? I just want to say, I know we're so past this because the her and Leo breakup was a while ago, but I feel like when her and Leo were dating, I didn't really know her. Like it wasn't until after they broke up when Daisy Jones and the Six came out and she became this like, I'm not going to say became this megastar, but she's certainly on her way to being one. I was like, I can't fucking believe Leo fumbled that. I know. And for her sake, God, am I happy he did. Can't you like not picture them together? Okay, so I both can and can't. I can in the sense that we've obviously seen them together so much that I do have a very vivid picture of them. But yes, in the aftermath of this, I've kind of come to the conclusion of like, oh, you're destined for greatness. And that's no shade to Leo. Obviously, he's one of the most well-known, well-respected actors in Hollywood. He's obviously one of the greatest to ever do it. He's been a heartthrob for years. But the extent of the conversation of his inability to date women over 25 has really personally for me taken a hit on the way that I have viewed him. And so what I want for her is just simply not him. And also, I I just feel like when we have this conversation about Leo and the not dating people over 25 thing, it's like 100%, like it is probably one of the bigger icks I've experienced from a male celebrity. I also think on top of that, it's like, it's slightly hypocritical. It's like, if you are going to have this thing against women aging, you better age pretty damn well yourself to be able to hold that up. It's very rich of him. I'll put it like that. Who do you think Camilla could date? I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm like racking my brain because I want her with somebody so good and I'm coming up blank here. Okay, full disclosure of what just went on in my brain. I first said Theo James and then remembered he was married. So I retract that. However, in a world in which Theo James wasn't married, that's the exact vibe that I'm envisioning for Camilla. When Theo James first popped on my screen in White Lotus, I have never Googled faster, is he married? Mm-hmm. I really understand that. I really understand that. Yeah. I don't know for Camilla. We're going to have to think about this. And I challenge all of you as you're listening to also think about it and please send in any suggestions. You know, we love a little manifesting. We love. People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl & Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that 
like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their bestseller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality. And their sheets are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30-night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors and everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non-stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, Once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. I also thought Niecy Nash looked spectacular and I thought that even free her winning. And then when she comes on stage to accept that award, there was such a contagious energy that she was exuding. It was just like she was radiating positivity and pride and power. And you could tell it was just like, she was so happy for herself. And we, as a collective, we were all so happy for her. And to be able to just have that magnetism where even you're watching this through the TV and you can tell what the energy in the room felt like when she was up on that stage, that's a skill. You can't buy that. Yeah. You either got it or you don't. And she's got it. I love when she said, you know what? And I want to thank me because it's so true. It's like at the end of the day, you come into this world alone, you leave alone. The only person we really have is us. And to acknowledge in the midst of all the thank yous that you owe a certain amount of gratitude for yourself, that's powerful. No, I know exactly what you mean. It was really, it was a palpable part of the night. And I felt like it was a takeaway for everybody who was watching, just watching her accept that award. No, completely. And I felt that way differently, but also kind of with Iowa Debris. Obviously, she's been more on a spree of winning. We just saw her take home the Golden Globe last week. But just generally speaking, the feeling of like, you can tell everyone in that room was so happy for her. Everybody is rooting for her. Like she has this magnetic personality where you just want to watch her in these interviews and you want to watch her on screen. But also there's something so unbelievably fun and young and relatable about her. And I think when you're watching somebody who's as young as she is doing as much as she is, you literally just cannot help but root for her. And I think everybody so collectively feels that. Completely. I just think something that's really endearing about her is that 
she's not too cool for any of it. You know, you can tell she's totally freaking out about this as she should be. Like she is hitting such a stride in her career. And it's so fun to celebrate someone who is so in awe of the entire process. Like I, I remember feeling this way early on in Billie Eilish's career where she would do a red carpet and she was being awarded in these huge ways. And you could tell like she was a little bit in disbelief as to what was going on. And I just really appreciate that because it feels so real. It feels like, oh, you are fully in this whirlwind of, of getting these accolades that are so deserved, but you've taken a second to realize just how exciting this is. And like that enthusiasm, I, I just find really enjoyable to watch. You know what else it is too, especially in the, in the Billie Eilish conversation? I just feel like the way that people acknowledge and attach themselves and honor your like youth success ratio is so fleeting. It's like in the early days of your career, and it's not that Io is so young, she's 28 years old, but you know, this is really the start of it for her. And people feel really connected to her youth and the youth that she exudes. And, you know, she feels like one of us, like she gets our humor. She's talking the way that we talk on red carpets. It's not overly polished or, you know, media trained. It's like, she, it's like having a conversation with a friend. And I feel like people really attach themselves like the early days of her success in the same way they did with Billy. But I feel like something that I've really become so attuned to specifically with artists and actresses who are young starting out is like, you know, the amount of time where people say like, oh, and she's so young, it's so impressive, it's so incredible, is like so short. You know, people get used to it after a while. People get used to seeing you on the red carpet. People get used to seeing you at award shows. And there's a little bit of fatigue that happens, even when you're still so young, but you become a little bit older in people's minds because they have this illusion that you've been around for longer than you have because they've seen a lot of you. Because when you're that successful and you're that incredible at what you do, you're going to be more in the spotlight. You're going to be at more award shows. You're going to be at more interviews. You're going to be at more events. You're going to be in more movies. And I just want her to hold on to like, this enthusiasm that people feel in the early days of her success. Okay, two things I want to respond to that. One, yes, I am so right there with you. I was nodding as you were talking because that is exactly how I feel. And two, it was a fucking knife in my heart when you said, and now that she's so young, I mean, she's 28. Like, haven't we just been talking ourselves down from the fact that we still at 27 and 29 are, quote, so young? How are you going to just do us like that. Yes. And no, I don't feel like I've been doing a great job of talking myself down first of all, but I feel like whenever I say that to you in terms of like our youth, it's not that I feel like our age is so young. It's that I internally feel so young and I don't feel like what I feel internally matches how old I am. Well, I think so much of that comes from the external expectation of what one is quote supposed to be doing or supposed to have done at a certain age, meaning like your quote late twenties, which to me still feels so young yet you see kind of what's going on around you. And I think sometimes it can feel really disorienting while still, I mean, I think you and I both do a really good job of like acknowledging that everyone's path is different and this is just our journey and our path. And we are going to go at the pace that works for us completely aside from any sort of outside pressure. But to that point, I I always remember like, and my dad still says this, but growing up, he would always say like, I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, I look in the mirror and I'm like, who is this old guy I'm looking at? You know, I I still feel like I'm 25 years old. And I've always gotten that with him because like he does have such a youthful spirit, no matter how, how many medical issues he's had. And like, obviously we cannot relate to that now, but I, I get it more 
recently in a way that I never did before. And again, I'm not trying to say that you and I can like personally relate to that yet, but I know that as the years go on, that feeling will only grow more strongly. And I I think what I'm trying to do in my head is reframe my thinking into actually viewing that as a positive thing. Meaning one thing we can't change is the aging process. Like we are going to age if we are lucky enough. That's just what happens. It's a privilege. As I always say, aging is such a privilege. I realized that so strongly when I lost my mom, but like if if that's going to happen anyway, we may as well hold on to the youthful spirit for as long as physically possible. And how cool is it to be getting older yet still feel internally like, like a kid in terms of the childlike joy? Because I feel like as you age, the, the world around you wants to like take that childlike joy and actually realizing that there's nothing wrong with like holding on to that as long as physically possible. You know, it's like people say when they have kids, they get to re-see the world through their kids' eyes, which is something they kind of lost as they got older. And like, that's something I'm really excited for because I, I want to hold on to that. I don't know if that if that's making sense, but I'm just, <laughs> I guess we're just doing therapy. No, I, I think that's an excellent point. Like, I, th- I think that's an amazing point. I, I just think that like, for example, like I don't think that I should have a panic attack every time I think about taxes still. Yes, no, there's definitely layers to it. <laughs> I just think though, if we're being honest, I'm going to be 89 years old, still, still panicking a little bit around taxes. I just think it's not in the cards for me to ever fully understand that. And while I recognize financial literacy is very important, I personally will never become a tax expert. And that's just something I'm going to have to be okay with. Uh, Yeah. You know? No, I, I, I do. I hope. Oh, another thing I wanted to say to you, because obviously the bear killed last night. We saw Jeremy Allen White accept the award for outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. But if you remember last week when we were talking about his Calvin Klein ad, one of the things we were mentioning is like, yes, he's 5'7". It's very off-brand for both of us, but specifically for me to be into like a quote, short king. And you said in this moment, if I was choosing between him and Jacob Elordi, like I'm choosing more him. And what I said to you was, this is the most batshit crazy thing I'm ever going to say, but like same in this moment. And I said, me a month from now is going to look back and be like, whoa, who is that girl? Because that is not truly my answer. And you said, I know what would happen if we were to be with him in person. You're like, you would say, "Mm, seeing him in person, the height thing kind of lost it for me. I have to tell you, it happened last night. I thought he looked so handsome. I thought he looked so sexy. I find him to be so attractive, but I had a moment where it really jolted me back to reality of like, this is not where my heart really lies because unfortunately I have been cursed with a heightest thing and it was in full swing last night. So I just want to be honest in that. And everything we said last week with the, you know, next morning exposed bricks, soft scramble of Parmesan fantasy is like very much there. And also I'm coming back to my roots. And I can understand that. Very, very Renee rap of you on Watch What Happens Live saying that she's ageist. I love when you surprise me with a little watch what happens live knowledge. You like that? I love that. You know how I feel, Julie. When you lean into Bravo, it is so exciting for me. Well, I love when I get the opportunity to be able to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're so happy to have you, really. No, they, and I feel really welcome. That's the thing. <laughs> I still don't want you to watch uh, Beverly Hills from last week. I really want you to watch normal people, but I guess we can't always get what we want. <laughs> Touche. Can I tell you something that was one of my complaints of the Emmys? Of course. I obviously love the entire show and the entire production. I felt like my takeaway from the Golden Globes is that having people sit at tables is it. 
It's more conducive to hanging out during breaks. It's more conducive to getting a little bit of drama, a little bit of conversation, some better looks at people interacting. When you're sitting in seats like that, there's no mingling. And I felt like, obviously, the Golden Globes as a show itself, what we were watching, we weren't overly into, but we were certainly into everything that was going on on the ground. And I felt like I kind of had the opposite with the Emmys where I was like, I'm really into everything going on on stage. I need a little bit more action on the ground. And so if we could combine those two things, I think we could really make some magic. I fully get not doing it for the Oscars, but I think for the Emmys, even for the Grammys, I'd love to see a little roundtable action. I mean, if you go back to the Golden Globes, we would not have gotten that Selena Taylor moment if it wasn't for that. And how right were we about her commenting? We were so goddamn right. It felt so good. And it felt so validating to have that on record that like we literally said, well, if there was one person that this was going to happen to, it may as well be Selena Gomez because most likely she's going to come to the comment section and clarify. And like, Mere hours later, that is exactly what she did. I know you guys have seen this by now. We posted it, but E! News posted a photo of the interaction and said, was Selena Gomez gossiping about Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet at the Golden Globes? Here's the truth. And she comments, no, I told Taylor about two of my friends who hooked up. Not that that's anyone's business. Like that is the exact type of rogue comment I was expecting from her. No. And if I'm being honest, I really think the two friends were Meryl Streep and Martin Short. And like, it could have been. It easily could have been. Although- one thing we know for a fact is that Kelly Teller said, Timothy, that I don't, you can have a PhD in lip reading or you've never read a lip in your life. She was saying Timothy. Maybe Timothy's the one that told her about Marilyn Martin. <laughs> Ooh. By the way, that's such better tea. Like Kylie Jenner didn't want you to take a picture of Timothy. Like weird, illogical, like uh, strange, not good tea. Martin Short and Meryl Streep hooking up, best tea ever. And Timothy told you about it, even <laughs> amplifies how good of it. <laughs> we love like, making shit up. We love making shit up. But yeah, I this type of a moment, I I agree with you. I was missing that from the Emmys. I could have used a little, a little table-wide conversation. I just feel like something that is so incredible about these award shows, even the worst one, is the star power that's in the room. And to be able to watch them interact and people who you didn't even know knew who the other was talking and being friends and introducing themselves and taking pictures. Like that's what it is about award shows that I think we all find like such enjoyment and excitement. in. it's like the amount of sheer power and talent and celebrity in one single room is to any pop culture lover entirely overwhelming. And so when you add in the combination of just having these round tables where everybody's mingling and everybody's hanging out and everybody's joking, like, to me, that's that's the best. It doesn't get better than that. No, well, that's also specifically for us. That is the piece of these that we're always the most interested in. Whereas like, if you were just a pure lover of the arts, you don't really give a shit what anyone's saying to each other at the table. Whereas for us, we are pop culture lovers first, appreciators of the arts second. I'm like appreciator of the art fourth. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> if, we have, if we have more than options, obviously it's going lower in the list. I'm just saying if we're choosing between the two, of course I'm going to take a viral moment that has really nothing to do with the award show a million times over. Exactly. Because imagine Timothy and Kylie at the Emmys with this type of staring into each other's souls action. That would have really been something. Well, and we didn't get this, but Megan Faye and Leo Woodall we're essentially doing that based on like a little bit of what we saw on social media and a lot of eyewitness reports. And even on the actual feed, there were a couple of moments that you caught the camera seeing his like hands on her arm. Just, yeah, they're, they're doing it. What a hot and fun couple. 
I am so glad that all of the speculation about them turned out to be true. Right. And not only confirmation that it was true, but then getting to witness that confirmation in action. Like, obviously, this is a very different situation. But with Selena and Benny, let's just say hypothetically, this is a couple that one was very into. That's the dream trajectory in terms of there being speculation, her pretty much immediately confirming it on Instagram, and then him accompanying her to the Emmys, not walking the red carpet together, but showing up together, sitting together. Like, that's the exact type of time period that dreams are made of if you're looking to confirm a, a romance. I know we don't feel that same way about this couple, but just the general idea of it. Right. Like, stop edging us with like celebrity couples. Like, it's enough. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I obviously love a celebrity couple, not as much as the next guy, significantly more. But when you act like your relationship is so much more important that you're like hiding it and you're not willing to give details, you're not willing to step out. It's like enough. Like I care so fucking much. I don't care that much to be like dragged along. Okay. So I'm down to be dragged along. I'm not down to have to then become an investigator myself. Like I'm not trying to be Nancy Drew just to figure out if you two are hooking up. I will appreciate any any clues you may give, but I'm not first and foremost an investigative re- reporter. Right. And I'm down to do that for a little bit. Like I'm, I'm down for the game. I'm down for like a, a month, let's say, of like, ooh, did they do that? Ooh, were they seen here? Ooh, like the Timmy and Kylie thing in the beginning, I, it was like, yeah. I love seeing them at a taco date speculating about the cards. I love her car potentially being in his driveway. But what I needed after that was a week later for them to be seen out together. The fact that we didn't get that for so long after, okay, fine. Like I'm still equally as invested in a relationship. Fine. You're like one example of, of two people who are famous enough to really be able to pull that off. But in a normal circumstance with any other couple, for the most part, I'm going to need something soon after you drop these little Easter eggs. I mean, the people who did it the best, honestly, is Taylor and Travis. That was a perfect rollout. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that was an incredible, incredible rollout. And then the confirmation was confirmation in such a massive way. I mean, her being there at the game, she wasn't at a Kansas City game for any other reason than dating Travis Kelsey. And it was just so clear. Like there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And by the way, that has only continued, like specifically this most recent one, I was just eating that up. I felt like, all right, we're, we're back in our glory days. I'm back the first time when we were in that stadium seeing her holding his hand. Like I get equally as excited every time. Okay, so while we're on the subject, can we discuss the rumors about them potentially getting engaged over the summer? Let's talk about baby making for a second because- It's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. 
50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So first, on January 11th, we have the page six headline, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey plan to get engaged this summer. And it says, a source tells page six that there's buzz around Swift's camp that the two plan to get engaged this summer. There are rumors the pair held off from having Kelsey pop the question over the winter holidays because, quote, they don't want it to seem like it's rushed insanity. Our source also said he won't go down on one knee for Valentine's Day for the same reason. Quote, Taylor and Travis discussed it and there's a plan, the insider claimed. But the buzz is, quote, they will get engaged on their one-year anniversary in July. And then four days later from TMZ, it says, people really should pump the brakes on all the engagement talk between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, because we're told a proposal isn't forthcoming in the near future either. Sources close to the couple tell TMZ there's absolutely no engagement in the works between Taylor and Travis right now, despite some reports suggesting they're racing to the altar. To the contrary, we're being told TK ain't getting on bended knee anytime soon. There were rumblings this week people in Taylor's camp had T-Swift and Trav pegged for an early summer engagement, but we're being told that's just not the case. In fact, our sources tell us some folks on the inside of this don't think it'll go the distance. We're told some members of their inner circles see Taylor and Travis as still being in a honeymoon phase of sorts. And they say it's just too early to tell if they'll ever advance past the dating stage. Here's my thoughts. I'm entirely uninterested in speculating which of these two reports is true. Like, I don't believe they're getting engaged this summer. And if they are, I don't believe there's a report that we know about it and that people are speculating about it. And that's the information we're getting. I think if they are getting engaged, they don't have a date set. They don't have this very specific timeline that would ever be leaked to the public. However, going off of the other article, I also do not believe that this is a fling. I do not believe that people in her camp think that this could still burn out and they're just in the honeymoon phase. Like, I think we are somewhere in the middle of these two articles. I think that if they got engaged this summer, it would be 0% surprising. It would be far more surprising for them to break up to me than it would be for them to get engaged. Okay. So I am so on your page about having absolutely zero interest in trying to decide which of these headlines is more accurate because to your point, if they were to get engaged this summer, I don't think that's something that they know now. A lot can change in the course of six months. However, to your second point, I feel like this is an unpopular opinion and perhaps I'm being a little naive in this thinking. I just would be surprised if they were to get engaged this summer. Not because it's too soon necessarily. I just, I don't know. I I feel that there's more getting to know one another that would need to take place. I, I, I get that there's an argument to be made for like, when you know, you know, and why wait? So if they were to do it, obviously I'm more than on board. I guess... I would be surprised though. So the other thing here is that we have this big thing looming in terms of their relationship that we have not yet seen them conquer, which is Taylor's tour dates. Like we have seen Taylor do a couple of concerts from the tour, two of which Travis attended, but we have not seen her internationally on tour leaving for these long periods of time. And this tour doesn't end till December. 
And so that is going to be a huge hurdle in their relationship that we're really going to have to see. So no, there's no part of me that thinks that they're getting engaged over the summer by any means. I don't think that they would ever even get engaged until after the tour. But I think it will be very interesting to see how both of them handle this because it's an aspect of their relationship that they have not yet had to deal with that is going to inevitably cause I don't want to say issues for them because I feel like issues has a negative connotation and it's not to say that they can't figure it out and make it work. But like, that's a huge thing. Well, it's just factually a logistical challenge. It's not that it's a bad thing. It is just a logistical challenge that will need to be dealt with, you know? And so people do it all of the time. I have no doubt that they would be able to handle it beautifully, but it's, yeah, it's it's, as of now, uncharted territory. Right. And like the, the, the benefit that they have on their side is that Travis's season will pretty much end in a way that if he wants to go on tour with her or be there for the majority of the tour, he has afforded himself that opportunity to be able to, I mean, the, the season ends at the latest end of February. And so, you know, he could hop, let's say even he, they go to the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl. The next day he can hop on a plane and go meet Taylor wherever she is and be on tour with her. And so their schedules happen to work out very nicely with this tour and navigating their relationship during this time. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge logistical problem that they have to then figure out and they're going to have to change their schedules and their normal way of doing things around being able to make this work. They're also very fortunate that if Travis wants to get on a plane, go see Taylor on tour and then come back the next day, he has the ability to do that. He has the, he, he, he has the privilege of being able to do that, which not everybody who's dealing with long distance is able to, but it's still something that they're going to have to make work. Right. And to watch them navigate that, I think will be really interesting. And honestly, for them, while potentially challenging, it's still a new experience. And I think new experiences, even when potentially difficult at the beginning of a relationship can still feel really exciting because you're figuring it out together. Like there is something very intimate and very bonding about figuring out what could be perceived as a challenge together and finding your own rhythm. Like finding rhythm and routine amidst chaos, I think is a fun part of relationships, specifically the beginning stages of relationships. As a total side, I just have to say, obviously she was at the game this weekend where they played against the Dolphins and it was like fucking freezing. And you know, you see these guys on the field and like, I get it. This is what they do for a living. It's, it's part of the, the deal. There's nothing you're going to do. If, if they say you're playing, you're playing regardless of what the temperature is. But I was wondering, do you think watching like you as Taylor Swift, but also just like you as an NFL girlfriend, watching your boyfriend or husband play in this temperature, is it hot in the sense of like, wow, no conditions can stop you. And like, you're so primal and like this animalistic side comes out where you just want to win and you don't feel temperature because you're so committed to the game. Or is it like it would actually kill you having to watch them playing that and not be able to just bundle them up? Because I feel like I'd have a really hard time with that. I'd be like, but isn't he freezing? Like, don't you, can't you wrap him in a casual blanket? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that would be really hard. Forget about it as the girlfriend, as the mom. Like if I'm Donna Kelsey, I just want to go down and wrap him in Uniqlo heat tech. Forget about having any sort of personal involvement with anybody. Like I was watching the TikToks and the like videos that were emerging from this and being like, this is not okay. Like, how can, how are they, how are they doing this? Like I was, I was deeply like, oh my God, that little coach with this frozen mustache. Like, I'm sorry. Like, forget about Travis. I just wanted to like wrap something over his head. I know. I was like, we 
definitely should be able to bring heat lamps onto this field. I couldn't watch it. Like, I, th- I think that they should go out there. I think that if they are all in agreement that this is not a game that can be canceled, there's an adrenaline that gives them a certain amount of heat when they're playing. Like, I don't fucking know. But also, by the way, like, forget about the players on the field. That's one thing. You're getting paid millions and millions of dollars to be out there, move your body, win something. What the fuck is anybody doing in the stands? I have never related to anything less in my entire life than watching the videos of the Buffalo Bills fans shoveling the snow out in order to sit in their seats. There is, I can say this factually, there is nothing in the entire world, no performance, no artist, no sports team, no anything ever that would make me want to do that. And I genuinely respect the commitment and the love and the devotion of the game, but it is the most unrelatable thing I have maybe ever seen. You know how there are tweets that are like, how are straight men going to be, not all straight men, <laughs> how are straight men going to be homophobic, but then wear another guy's name on their back? It's like, how are you going to be homophobic potentially? And then sit in the freezing fucking cold in like frostbite inducing temperatures just to watch another man do something. Right. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Jake would love that. <laughs> he would. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so fucking true. I'm just like, wow, you, you love men in tights and I love that for you. Yeah. Just like embrace it though. Like don't lie yeah. about it. Don't be weird about it. Just like say yeah. it. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing. There is nothing that would get me to be doing that. No. I, by the way, if I was Taylor, I wouldn't have gone to that game. That window open in her warm box still looked equally as like uncomfortable and terrible and freezing. I would just be like, I'm so happy for you. And I hope when you play the Super Bowl that like it's warm. You would be there in a heartbeat. You would be there with bells on, as my mom would say. You think? Yeah. hundred percent. Are you kidding me? She was in a warm box. She opens it up for a few minutes to get a little burst of cold air. makes your cheeks red, make you look prettier. Like, yeah. All right, I'll open my window right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always say that. The the one thing about the cold is it gives you the natural rosy cheek and it gives you the watery eyes. And it's a really great combination in the right lighting. Okay. Like I bet she got a fucking- Okay, you got me. I'm sticking my head outside right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just know she got an amazing selfie. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been right there. One thing about me, a pop socket would have been put to good use. No, you would have opened that window and been like, excuse me? Hi, you, yeah, you right below. Can you just hold this up? I'm going to put my hand out and make it look like I'm holding it, but I need, like I'm, I'm freezing. So I need you to actually click it. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. You can take your glove off. It'll be two, it'll be two minutes. It'll be two minutes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then you know what I would do? I would hand them the, whoever the, this person is that is helping me take this photo. I would hand them the unopened Aquaphor lip balm that is in my pocket. Cause obviously I always travel with multiples and some unopened. And I would say, I'm giving this to you because as a thank you for doing this job, but also even if not, I saw your lips and I, I want you to have this. True? True. Is that exactly how it would go down? That, would, that is, I mean, yeah, I, I know exactly how it would go down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking my gloves off personally. I know I want this for myself. I'm personally not going to be taking my gloves off, but you seem like you're already cold. So I don't, there's not really a difference between you taking your gloves off or not taking them off, you know? Right. And also assisting with the task will take your mind off of the cold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Not that I'm not consistent. Well, nothing. Anything else you're trying trying to mention over there? (laughs) No, I think that's it. (laughs) 
don't know what the hell is going on ever. Like what, whatever is happening. I don't know. Don't ask me. Yeah. Do not ask me. You guys, a reminder, we are off next week. All three episodes will be back the following week, but just want to mention that. I know we said it on the Bravo episode, but in case we forgot to mention anywhere else, just want to tell everyone that no episodes next week and we are back the following week and we love you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. I actually think my thank you this week is thank you for allowing us to create a space where we feel comfortable and safe enough to tangent without concern. You know, that is like a very special feeling. That was so beautiful. But don't you kind of like feel that way? Yeah. I mean, you know what I feel is it's not even thank you for giving us a space. Like thank you for specifically wanting us to tangent. Well, I don't know if that's the case, but for those of you, really thank you. But just in general, thank you for like allowing us to feel safe enough to talk as though there's not a microphone here because that is, I think, only possible based on how just like cool our audience is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. Love you and see you in two weeks. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.